0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord,
1: let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this, I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. And trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given His only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Your lightnings lighted up the world, the earth trembled and shone. Peace, let us pray to the Lord. have mercy. Take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father.
1: God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirmed the mysteries of faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the transfiguration of our Lord is written in the second book of Moses, known as Exodus, chapter 34. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
0: You are the most handsome of men. second lesson is written in the
1: second letter of St. Peter, chapter 1. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love, With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture Came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
0: the Lord. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Amen. Amen.
1: Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew, the seventeenth chapter.
0: Glory be to you.
1: After six days Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. From his birth, from the very beginning, Jesus was the true and almighty God in all his glory, but he did not look it. He didn't look much like much when we started this journey with him, this Christmas and Epiphany journey. Though the star led wise men to the house, when they got there to worship the newborn king of the Jews, he was, he was just a baby. And still, 40 days later, when, when the Lord God, Jesus himself, God incarnate, comes to his holy temple, he's still a baby. And last week, though, everyone else, we saw as everyone else got in line for baptism, he he got in line with them like everyone else. We know that he is not like everyone else. We know this from Epiphany. This is my son, God said at his baptism. And if Epiphany was longer than it is this year, really short, if Epiphany was longer, we would hear how he changes water into wine and he heals lepers and servant boys he calms the wind and the waves if we pay attention by the time that epiphany's over we can hardly think of him as merely mary's son the jesus of nazareth now he's more like this like this superhero he has been manifested he has been revealed as god in the flesh and that's good and we would think and we want to think that it's just going to get better and better from there. By the time Jesus makes his way up onto the mountain with Peter, James, and John, could you really blame these guys if they think that this, the life with Jesus is looking up and the transfiguration was a pinnacle moment for them? We hear it this way. He was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. If they had ever had any doubts about who Jesus is, if if they wondered ever at all if maybe Jesus was leading them astray from the faith of their forefathers, every shadow of a doubt could be blown away by just the brightness of Christ. And then they get to see their their heroes, these pillars of Old Testament prophecy, all of this confirming, revealing, manifesting Jesus as God in the flesh. It just doesn't get better than that. They're they're Jesus' disciples. They're not just on top of the mountain. They're on top of the world. No wonder Peter says, let's stay here. It's good to be here. Let's, Let's stay. I'll put up the shelter's. Who of us wouldn't say the same? Who of us wouldn't want our life and our life with Jesus to go just the same way, just to get better and better and better? Maybe it, our life, our faith, our world, maybe it starts out in weakness, in lowliness, in poverty, in danger and in doubt, But we think it's all uphill from here, right? And if we just spend more time, more and more time with Jesus, we'll find that that it gets stronger and more popular, more prominent. Riches increase. Security, health, confidence, certainty. More and more as the days go by. And Jesus is finally revealed as awesome. And at the top we get to hang out on the hill with brilliant, shining Jesus and all his saints in glory. That's the life that I want. The ch- and church and faith that I want. This is the world that I want to live in. Let's, let's stay on top. And let's get to work to make that happen. huh? It's all good until the clouds roll in. A bright cloud overtook them. And then there was a voice from heaven, not the appearance of the glowing Jesus, not at the appearance of the two dead prophets, but it's at the voice of God himself. It says, when they heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. One of the other Gospels says that they fell asleep, probably more like passed out, like fainted. They were acting, acted like the children of Israel, acted at the foot of Mount Sinai when Moses came down to announce his word. They said, don't, don't, don't let God talk to us anymore. You talk to us. They were falling on their faces, hiding, probably thinking, we're going to die. But it's not just the sound of the voice, like it's thundering loudness. It's what the voice says. It says, this is my beloved son. With whom I am well pleased, listen to him. Which surprises us because that doesn't sound scary at all. That sounds nice. Of course, the father loves his son. This young man makes his father proud. But listen carefully, would you? When you hear what pleases God. Jesus pleases God. The Father loves his Son, his perfect, holy Son. You see, if you give any attention at all to what it is that pleases God, you might consider hiding too. When Moses brought these commands down the mountain the first time, his face was glowing also. So so you hear from those same commands that God gave way back then and he still gives today. So you hear the command that God is pleased when you set no image, object, person, or idea as higher priority than God himself. Fear, love, and trust in God above all things. God is pleased with that but you are not that. You hear God say that that children should obey their parents. You hear that the gifts of marriage are for the married and the marriage bed is to be kept pure, which includes images your eyes see and the desires of your heart. And that husbands and wives should love and honor each other. That pleases God. But you are not that. You hear from those commands, for example, that that your neighbor's good name and reputation is a gift, it's a treasure of God, and he commands no one, he commands no one to give false testimony, to slander, to speak evil of another behind their back, to gossip. God is pleased when we take his words and actions in the kindest possible way. God is pleased with that. But you are not that. God loves his son because God is love and Jesus is loving and compassionate. But you are not what he is. You don't have to be on the mountain of transfiguration and you don't have to see the cloud and hear the thundering voice of God. You didn't have to sit on the the other mountain and hear Jesus, the voice of Jesus preach the law even more severely than Moses when he says, you've heard that it was said. I say to you and God says, listen to him. If you do not tremble at his word, if you don't tremble now and fall down on your face in fear when you you compare God's law, what pleases him to your own life, I suspect that you will when death comes knocking at your door or when the clouds roll in. And When you try to hide your face from its dread. You might even say, I'm, well, I'm not afraid to die. Don't speak so soon. It's nice to know that the Father is pleased with his Son, but in comparison, all that means is that he's not pleased with you. We're all going to die. The wages of sin is death. It is not just getting better and better and better. But we know this, don't we? The market doesn't continually keep going up. Your health and your strength doesn't improve day by day. The commandments are not simply checked off as caps. All doubts, temptations do not just gradually go away. In fact, it does seem like the, the general rule is that it's just the opposite. And at the height of it all comes the great enemy who forces our face from God in fear. But but at the height of the mountain, at the peak of his epiphany, an amazing thing happens. Did you catch it? Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. What a relief. But how can that be? Shouldn't they still die? And aren't we still going to die? It says, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. They saw Jesus. And not the glowing like the sun Jesus. And not that everything is just getting better and better, Jesus. Not the now I know you because I saw you shining and talking to Moses and Elijah, Jesus. What they saw is only Jesus. Just regular, ordinary skin toned and dingy clothed Jesus. The same Jesus that told Peter just six days earlier that, that the future isn't one just great, one great glory ramp up. Their future and his involves a cross. It involves suffering. And it involves death. Now, he says, now we are going to Jerusalem. And Jesus is going to die. Not them. The terror that they experienced is now the weight that Jesus carries all the way to Calvary. It is only on that other mountain, Mount Calvary, that the wrath of God against sin will be entirely satisfied. It is only with the death of Jesus that all cause for fear is removed. And Jesus' word, do not fear, finds its fulfillment. The disciples weren't to tell anyone this about this vision until Jesus had been raised from the dead. This vision was for them alone for a time. But now, now since Christ has been raised from the dead, this transfiguration is account, account is also told to you today. You weren't on that mountain. You don't walk on any mountain like that. You want this life to be and this life with Jesus to be getting better and better? Your faith to get stronger and stronger, maybe because you learn more, maybe because it makes more sense to you, or because your life gets better and better the longer you're with Jesus. You want that, but it doesn't happen. Because you live in a fallen world, and you yourself are fallen and have fallen too. You walk down into the valley of the shadow of death Because that's what happens when you walk with Jesus. And ignore it as much as you want. You are going to die. The glorious shining Jesus isn't going to be much help to you then, only terrify you. And the glorious life that you've dreamed up won't help either. Moses won't help, neither will Elijah. Only Jesus will. When you find yourself in terror, even despondent and despairing, look up and see Jesus. Not the glorious looking Jesus, but the dying Jesus, the suffering Jesus. The one that looks not like the sun in the sky but the one that looks like you. The one who takes your place. Listen to him. Follow him, even if it leads to a cross. Even if it leads through painful repentance and sorrow over your sin. For this is the Jesus who said, Rise and have no fear. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your cross, your word, the baptism with which I have been baptized, that is the one that Jesus commanded. The preaching and the absolution that Jesus ordained, the supper that Jesus instituted, that is the voice of Jesus you need to hear for all of life. And the one, the only one, that will comfort you when you are dying. You have not been on that mountain, but you have heard the voice of the Father. You have heard his Son through his Holy Spirit, baptized into Christ. You are crucified with Christ, with him on the mountain. And you receive your Jesus touch when he puts on your lips his very own body and blood. It is good to be there with Jesus only. And we follow him then all the way through the valley, all the way through to Easter, to his resurrection, and to yours. Amen. Please stand. the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father you revealed your glory in the transfiguration of your Son Jesus Christ our Lord who dwelt among us in the flesh. Open our eyes of faith that we would see him come continuing to dwell here among us in the divine service and that we would heed your admonition to listen to him as he forgives and preserves us at the font, pulpit and altar. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Father, with the appearance of Moses and Elijah at your Lord's glorious transfiguration, you revealed to us that all the law and prophets are fulfilled in him. Send your blessing upon all pastors and servants of your church, that all their preaching and teaching would flow from the right understanding that all holy scripture testifies of Christ and all that he has done and continues to do for our eternal salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Father, from whom every fatherhood under heaven is named, support and bless every Christian home, that husbands and wives would be devoted to one another, and that parents would pass on the faith to their children by word and deed. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty Father, you alone establish all authority on earth. Bless those entrusted with this responsibility, both here and abroad, that they would serve with integrity and honor and for the well being of all. Lord, in your mercy, Merciful Father, graciously comfort and strengthen those who are sick, hospitalized, or enduring ongoing treatment, that they would know your peace and receive healing and relief according to your gracious will. Be with those who are lonely, depressed, or mentally ill. Surround them with those who know your redeeming love and will mercifully care for them. Grant steadfastness to those near death, comfort to those who grieve, and the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to all your children. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, how lovely is the dwelling place of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gives us sinners to eat and to drink of his flesh and blood here at the holy altar. Grant to all who come to this feast today, repentant and believing hearts, that in the holy supper they would receive forgiveness, life and salvation, and be strengthened in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Lord, in your mercy. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him, with him, and in him, O God. Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
2: And also with you.
0: Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
1: It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who at his transfiguration revealed his glory to his disciples, that they might be strengthened to proclaim his cross and resurrection. And with all the faithful, look forward to the glory of life everlasting. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Holy God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, you have filled all creation with light and life. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. You lifted Noah and his family in the ark. You promised to bless all nations through Abraham. You delivered Moses and the Israelites. You renewed your promises through the prophets. And now you have spoken through your Son, who in words and deeds proclaimed your kingdom and was obedient to your will. In your tender mercy you gave him your one and only Son, to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. By the one offering of himself, he made there a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole
0: world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
1: Therefore, gracious Father, remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension, we humbly thank you for this wonderful gift of salvation through your son's own body and blood, through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, All glory and honor be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and
0: the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
1: Hear the prayer of your people, O Lord, that the lips which have praised you here may glorify you in the world, that the eyes which have seen the coming of your Son may long for his coming again, and that all who have received in his true body and blood the pledge of your forgiveness may be restored to live a new and holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. couple of of notes uh, this evening at six o'clock we are going to be beginning a, a class of